0: Welcome Welcome to to the the Better Better Call Daddy. Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. More stories you are not going to believe. And
1: advice that you didn't know that you needed.
0: Five stars. Five and a half stars. We're creating a legacy one call at a time. Here comes my daddy.
1: Your problem is, is that you like me.
0: Papa. Uh-huh. My dad is my hero. You'll
1: always be there to take your call, and you'll never be in too much trouble if your dad is
0: around. Oh, boy. Hey, hey, hey. I think I'm a pretty cool dude. Better call daddy. The safe space for controversy. This is your host, Rena Friedman Watts. No, this is your host, Celia Watts. More inspirational stories, more daddy drama, and more laughs.
1: Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It
0: sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. (laughs) Today's guest is a truth and justice seeker. He's a 10th grader, and he reached out to interview me for an end of the year project. I'm honored that he wanted to interview me about the Oscar Stewart Poway shooting. He felt like that story didn't get enough coverage. And so since I interviewed Oscar Stewart, he wanted to interview me. I'm going to read the letter that Eli Erlanger sent me. Hello, Mrs. Watts. I'm Eli Erlanger. I'm a student from the Wellington School in Columbus, Ohio. I'm doing a social history project on the Poway Synagogue shooting. I would love to get your insights as I need one more interview, and I think you're the perfect person after listening to your podcast. That's so sweet. It's only a short interview, 10 to 15 minutes max. I could send you the completed interview when the project is done. Thank you, Eli. How could you say no to that? Eli? welcome
2: it's nice to meet you
0: (laughs) nice to meet you too
2: thank you for doing this interview
0: yeah for sure thanks for reaching out
2: i was listening to your podcast episode i was really listening to it today and i just had a few questions pertaining to that and then just in general because i know that you have a lot of knowledge about the subject
0: i'm so honored that you reached out
2: i'm very honored that you responded because your podcast is like pretty big so
0: thank you that's so sweet of you
2: And so my first question is just, how did you hear about the Poway synagogue shooting?
0: I think I originally obviously saw it in the news and, you know, every one of these anti-Semitic attacks is terrifying and it rips your heart out. And then it also, I feel like was the impetus for my husband to get more involved with a nonprofit here in Chicago that teaches people to be more situationally aware they teach people to stop the bleed, they're teaching people to be armed in the synagogues. And so they reached out to me because I had helped them with a live stream. They asked me, since they knew about my podcast, if I would like to interview Oscar live. And he was speaking here in Chicago and he was speaking to Concerned Citizen League and he was also speaking to the Chicago police.
2: You've done a bunch of podcasts across your career, but this episode in particular, was it more emotionally draining or difficult to produce?
0: The difference was it was in person and I truthfully feel more comfortable like on Zoom and one-on-one and this definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone to speak in front of people. So I did speak to Oscar privately beforehand and kind of got his story and I had taken notes. And I was going through my notes beforehand so that I knew what topics I wanted to cover.
2: And also about a, two minutes ago, you were talking about how your husband is working about how people are like arming themselves in synagogues. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and I interviewed a rabbi, a local rabbi. He was talking about how ever since 2018 with the Pittsburgh shooting that they've had to hire an off-duty police officer to stay 24-7. They have armed guards. It's not just contained in small parts of the country. It's everywhere that's affected.
0: That's really Speaking cool that of, you yeah. talk to another rabbi about that and that you're interested in that and that you're trying to learn more about it. I really appreciate that. That's so cool.
2: Well, thank you. I wanted to interview you and I wanted to interview him because I wanted to interview a religious leader to see the more spiritual side and then you, your more fact-based side more analytical thinking and I think that putting those two viewpoints together in a video would be more powerful than having two religious leaders or two analytical more like news reporters or podcasters just because you need a wider array
0: I was so impressed by your questions that you sent me I was like what grade are you in
2: (laughs) thank you I'm in 10th grade
0: wow very mature questions that you asked
2: thank you Speaking of Oscar Stewart, like you said that it was very impactful speaking to him in person.
0: Oh my gosh. You know, when you asked me the questions that you sent beforehand, like what still sticks with me after interviewing him, when he described me yelling at the attacker, that really sticks out in my mind still. The way that he described yelling at that punk kid that he was going to kill him, I believed him. When he told me that, I would have been scared of him. I would have run from him. You know, his training, his experience, him having seen battle, seen combat, and him yelling at you full force like he is gonna take you out. He may be a little guy, but he is convincing.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. Is it true that he's actually part Israeli because he said that he has a cousin during the podcast that lives in Israel? So I'm not sure, but I'm Jewish myself and I visited Israel. And even though they have a tiny army, they're in the top 10, like their training is insane. So it's it's kind of probably, I'm assuming it's a family affair. What stuck out to me during the interview, well, two things was he doesn't talk about it from an emotional point of view as much as he does. Because I think that he is hardened in war as he talks about it more he sees it more objectively i think it was what it sounded like when he is how he saw a target and he wanted to eliminate him and then how he is talking about what also stuck with me is how he's talking about that
1: he
0: wasn't
2: willingly thinking oh i'm gonna save these people it was just his reaction as his first instinct and i thought that was really interesting
0: i thought it was also sad that he kind of blamed himself for Uh, for the lady the, sure. Yeah, for the lady who got shot and that he was going over it in his mind. Like, how could I have realized that sooner? But yeah, I mean, I don't That's think just, he could have done anything better. That's
2: yeah. uh, just a terrible situation because like he said, and like it was brought up in the podcast, she was standing in front of the door. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He might be like a great soldier and he was very good at saving the rest of people's lives, but you can't, you can't do anything about that. I don't know. it's horrible then just segueing into another question what lessons do you think can be taken away from this event in particular and then other events like it and not it doesn't even have to pertain to the Jewish community In the second part it can be like all hate crimes or all hate especially like recently uh the Roe v Wade news like that how our country is kind of becoming like well it's been divisive for a few years now but it's become even more divisive how do you think that we can deal with that and how do you think that we can learn
0: You know, I think we really, if we see something, we need to say something. I just also, I have a story that I'm getting ready to release around cyberbullying. And a kid ended up taking his life here in Chicago. He was 15 over cyberbullying. And there were kids sharing the bullying messages. Like in that instance, I think you're just as accountable.
2: Yeah. I'd agree with So
0: that. if you see something happening, you can't just stand there anymore. Unfortunately, like you said, it is such a divided country in so many ways. You've got to speak up. I feel like well, I have started to speak up more through this pandemic than I ever had.
2: Do you think that has to do with also having more time alone? When the pandemic first started, you could have self-reflection, and then you had more time and solitude to look at the world and then analyze it that way? Do you think that has anything to do with it?
0: I think that might have something to do with it. And life is short. It's like, yeah. who are you? I think people are really thinking about who they are and what they stand for.
2: Well, I think that the pandemic helped with that just because life was moving so fast before. And then when everything got shut down and there was nothing to do, you had to really think about what yourself and think about how you treat people. So you had more time to sit and think. Even if you were doing online school or work or podcasting, you still, I think, had more time to reflect.
0: I will say, too, though, you know, I've now interviewed over 200 people, and the more people that I interview, truly, we are all so alike and we are all having struggles and we're all having challenges. And I think if we can just realize that about each other, we can be more empathetic and more supportive of each other versus divisive.
2: History repeats itself if you don't understand people. That's one of the main takeaways.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah.
2: So I think it'd be powerful for my video. I could just have you explain in your own words, what you think took place on April 27th, 2019 at the Poway Synagogue shooting.
0: Yeah. So from what Oscar told me is the shooter entered the synagogue. Yeah. This is like kind of hard for me to recall because I wasn't in there, but I think his rifle jammed or stopped. He had a, he had a moment of pause and that is when, I mean, he had already taken the life of one and I think he blew the rabbi's finger off. I mean, it was definitely a a panic scene. And another thing too, I don't think the door was locked. So he was able to just walk right in there. At that point, Oscar Yelled at him. I think they even heard it across the street. They chased him out. He got into his vehicle. Oscar punched the car. I mean, he ran into the line of fire. That is the craziest thing. Like, so few people are actually willing to do that. That is what really stood out in my mind. Like, a lot of people say they will do that, but how many people really will not hesitate and do that? You know, you can go through training for CPR, but when it comes down to it, like, you know, if you have a baby or if you have a child that needs that, are you going to be able to do that under pressure? I don't think everyone can. And if somebody has just shot someone and blown off the rabbi's finger and the place is a panic and people are screaming, who is going to be the one that steps forward?
2: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. A lot of people are about talk, but when it comes to action, it's a whole different thing. And you can learn a lot about people in high stress situations, like everything that you need to know.
0: That is so very true. And my dad said, if you hesitate, you lose. You can have no hesitation. If you're going to go all in, you better go all in.
2: And I'd also agree with that. My parents always tell me it's a cuss word, but don't half-ass anything. They always tell me that they say either do it or don't do it, but don't, you know what I mean? It's just, It's just a lesson that's like so valuable.
0: Another thing too that stuck out about this story is that he said he felt like God chose him to be there. He's felt like that other times in his life. So I thought that that was really interesting from the Torah portion that was read the night before and the fact that they were new to the Chabad, that was their first Passover there. All of that is so interesting from the training that he had from the moment he walked in the door, from the sounds that he heard, it's just so interesting to hear that he really felt like God picked him. And you asked me another, yeah, like you asked me another question too, like, did God pick the bad guy as well? Yeah, that's
2: what I was going to segue into actually is, do you think that the theme of the podcast, one of the underlying themes that he kept bringing up and you also kept bringing up when he would talk about and talking to him about is the theme of Destiny, and then God putting you in the right place at the right time. What would you say? This is like one of the heavier questions I have. What would you say about the woman who was standing in front of the doors, or John T. Ernest, or even when his wife told him not to bring his pistol to the synagogue? What would you say about that?
0: You know, I I honestly had to ask my dad this question. I was like, how would you respond to that? Because that is such a hard question. Like, you know, when when someone dies at a young age or when someone dies from tragedy, like, I don't feel like they've fulfilled their mission here. Right. Or it was their time to go. Like, I don't buy that. You know, that for me is really hard to accept. But what my dad said that I think is really interesting is it's really easy to choose bad. It's really easy to choose evil, but what's hard to do is what Oscar did it's really hard to to run into the line of fire. It's really hard to put your life on the line and to go all in. Yeah, I I think that it's easy to get wound up. A lot of people are getting wound up today and doing really stupid things on instinct. I think that it's easy to be a screw up. It's easy, or (laughs) or, or another choice word that you might use, right? But it's not easy to live a straight and narrow and it's not easy to, to do the right thing and it's not easy to contact the authorities. It's not easy to stand up for injustices. And that is something that I want to continue to do.
2: Well, that's wonderful. And I'm sorry if you felt like you're put on the spot by the question. No, was, no,
0: no, no, no. Uh, I just wanted to be able to give you a good response. And it was like, I'm going to have to call my dad for that because I don't even feel prepared to give you a good response. I mean, it, that is such a a great question and a hard one to answer, because truthfully, I even really struggle with the Holocaust. I mean, that's the biggest example, right? Like, yeah, how could these Orthodox or on the program or, you know, people who believe in God, you know, observant people or all of these people. There were so many people that their lives were cut short. What did they do to deserve that?
2: Exactly. Why were they destined
0: um, for that? I have a very hard time with that still.
2: I don't really understand. I don't understand it at all. And that's just one of the things. There's things in life that you probably won't ever be able to understand or that we won't ever be able to make sense of because it's human nature for the brain to try and make sense of things that happen in our life and like sequences and stuff like that. But I think some things just happen randomly and for, with no rhyme or reason. It's what it seems like, at least. I agree. So going off of how you're talking about the Holocaust, I was wondering... In the recent years, the far-right and anti-Semitism around the world in Germany and the United States are the most prominent examples. What do you think the governments and like the world can do as a whole to help stop that? Because before this, Germany, after the Holocaust, they were one of the most tolerant countries in the world. And then starting 20 to 15 years ago, the anti-Semitism started to increase drastically and it just kept going up. So what do you think the world in America domestically and uh, internationally, what do you think could happen? What should we do?
0: Yeah, that's it's, it's another really tough question. And with the rise of anti-Semitism, I mean, sometimes I even feel hopeless. I mean, when I'm living in a high, like before we had our house, we were living in a high rise and I'm like, do you realize how easy of a target this is? Or when I went to Florida and was getting last minute Passover food, the grocery was packed to the brim. And I'm looking for exits. I'm looking for security guards. I'm thinking I don't want to bring my kids in here.
2: It's, it's a sad state. But <laughs> to be shouldn't...
0: honest, that's what goes through my mind. Like you can get training, you can be situationally aware, and you can also be at the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, there's been attacks in Israel where you know, a guy's eating breakfast, Ari Fold, I think his name was, he was eating breakfast. This guy was trained. He had gone in and out of hostile territories. He was a volunteer medic. This guy was so, if he hadn't been attacked from behind, he even got up bleeding out and shot the guy. I don't think honestly that there's a lot we can do except for be aware and be trained and be armed. And I'm in favor of all of that.
2: Okay. You think that some people are beyond saving would you say, I know that that sounds harsh, but do you think that some people are too far gone or too, down, too far down the rabbit hole and just have too much hate in their heart to stop their ways?
0: You know, that's, that's a really good question. I have actually interviewed someone who was former KKK who now works with changing people back and doing reform work. So he was full of hate and spewing hate. But you know what else? He was also miseducated. So I think that we need more people like him who have been in the fold and know that language and have the same tattoos and you know the German accent to say, hey, we need them to speak out more. We need people yeah. who have been reformed to go back to their old hood and keep preaching love. That's what we need. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'd agree with that. Because when- people who are hateful, they look at people like me or you. And if we tried to tell something to them, they'd either laugh at us or probably attack us or respond with hostility. So do you think that it's just human nature to respond better to people who are more like you?
0: Yes, definitely. And you know, what's interesting. So my husband's mom is Jewish, but Mm -hmm. the dad isn't. And my husband doesn't look in quotation Jewish. And so he went to a protest and he's unassuming you know <laughs> like yeah. so when he's like educated and you know can give historical facts it throws people right because he doesn't look like me and you
2: the world that we live in there's always going to be hateful people and people who want to hurt others but I think that if we can convert at least some of those people that making the world a better place even one person at a time makes a huge difference
0: That's exactly, honestly, like the goal of the podcast. And it's so crazy how, I mean, even how we connected, like, you know, I ended up interviewing Oscar Stewart because of a nonprofit that my husband's involved in. And I was just like, okay, this is pushing me out of my comfort zone to like connect with him and thank him in person. And now it's leading to this. Yes. I really do believe that one story at a time, one do good at a time, that we can make a dent we can change the world for good definitely
2: okay and then finally in three words or less this is also difficult could you describe the power synagogue shooting
0: what i would like to say is do not hesitate
2: okay that's powerful so thank you and just thank you for uh responding and giving me a good interview
0: Oh, you're so amazing. Can I get you to do like a little intro about how we connected? Can you just tell me a little bit about you?
2: Uh, Yeah. Do you have any questions in particular?
0: Anything that you'd like to share? So you were doing this school project.
2: It's a social history project, which is like our big end of the year assignment where we have to make at least a eight to 10 minute video or longer about our subject that we choose something that's close to our heart. And we think that hasn't got enough awareness because I think that the Poway synagogue shooting is overshadowed because of the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. A lot of people, even the Jewish community, they haven't heard of it. Like I was asking my friends who are Jewish and even some of my family members, they're not educated on it. So I just thought, I want to give a voice to those survivors and then just spread awareness.
0: I absolutely love that. I would love to even maybe send this to Oscar. Like, I feel like he would be so impressed with you doing this.
2: That'd be very cool. I actually watched an interview of Oscar. Oscar had his eight-year-old niece, I believe, right? I watched an interview with NBC when I first started my project. Uh huh. And I wanted to learn more about his story, so that's why I like. That's why I reached out to you because I got to learn what you think about in like your story and then you could also since you met him and had a really in-depth interview with him you could tell me a little bit about him too
0: he was so humble and so kind and emotional and I love all of that in an interview like somebody who's able to just emote and be so generous in how he shared those details and how he opened up his heart. Wow. It was such a powerful experience. And he made it really easy to carry out the interview.
2: He shows what being a quote unquote real man is because a real man can cry and show their emotions like he did because at the end of the day, he's a hero and he's like a treasure to the world. So, And we need more people like him.
0: I feel like you're a treasure to the world, too. Thank you. This was such a good interview. I am truthfully so blown away that you are in 10th grade. Wow. You set the bar high, buddy. Keep doing this.
2: Okay. Thank you. I actually, I wanted to be a journalist. I either want to be a journalist or a comedy writer, or I want to be in criminal justice system because I want to help people, too.
0: Well, anything that you set your mind to, I believe you will accomplish. All
2: right. Well, thank you so much again.
0: Now let's switch it over to grandpa. I got interviewed by a tenth grader.
1: Well, remember I told you the story about I got beat for the national open chess tournament in Las Vegas by an eight-year-old. So how do you like them apples? The truth of the matter is, is that Eli whether he's in 10th or 11th grade, knows what he wants to do with his life. He wants to be able to communicate. He wants to write, or he wants to do podcasts. He wants to get into journalism. But what's nice about your interview with him is that he wants to seek out the truth. He wants reality. He wants to also learn and be able to share the wisdom of different people's perspective on the issues of our time. That's something that you would say adults wanna do or real scholars. And he wants to be a real scholar, even (laughs) though he's only in the 10th grade, he wants to be able to pursue communications that can help people and where he can understand the world better. And he wants other people to be able to understand it with his research and communication as well. He wants to be a participant in it. He's not fooling around. He's taking his role very seriously.
0: I thought he asked very mature questions.
1: He sure did. And he, he also wants to be able to give his viewers a good perspective and not where he necessarily gives it his own perspective. He wants people that are experts, people that have witnessed things, to be able to give a realistic point of view. He wants it to be where it's not biased or a prejudice point of view. He wants it to be where people are open-minded to share what they see, but he wants it done where there's value in it and where it's not distorted. He's seeking truth. That's a big goal in one's life, to speak really truth, and where it's done and reporting it in an unbiased manner and trying to see what people think of really what reality is and how to react to it. So it was a very, very interesting interview because there's a lot of depth there that's coming from a 10th or 11th grader that he's thinking outside the box. And when you think outside the box and you work hard and you develop your knowledge and skills, he's going to get good results.
0: I think so too. I was really impressed by him. And his story is so relevant in, in the news. Oh my God, with all that's going on in the news.
1: For sure. I liked his demeanor, how cool and calm he was and how really respectful of a young man he is. And I think that type of approach will take him a long way as well.
0: I loved that too. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and tune in.